0: Ever wonder how you can tell if you're dealing with a trauma bond? What are the signs, symptoms? According to Dr. Robin Breiman, my content partner, there are certain signs you can find right in your own hand. Take a look. If I could only grab the cell phones of individuals going through a trauma bond with a narcissist who are getting breadcrumbs from a narcissist, I would look at the texts on these cell phones and they would all be the same. They'd be long, drawn-out paragraphs, hours and hours of texting, of reacting to the narcissist and trying to get their points across to the narcissist. I have to tell you, the narcissist is not listening. The only thing that they're doing is getting negative supply from this. I don't know about you, but I think she makes a valid point. Are you struggling with addictive thoughts about your narcissist? Have you been broken up for a while or just recently split up and you can't seem to get over the thoughts? Let's talk about rumination and what it has to do with narcissistic abuse recovery. It's a common problem for survivors of narcissistic abuse. And it happens when you can't seem to stop the repeating thoughts in your head, which tend to be sad or dark and usually involve worrying that you could have done something different or better to fix things, or in some cases focusing on how much you miss or care about the narcissist. This habit can be dangerous to your mental, physical and spiritual health, because it prolongs and or intensifies your depression and your struggle to think and process emotions correctly. What do you do when you can't stop thinking about the narcissist? One study says that it takes about 18 months to get over a divorce. Another study says it takes anywhere from 3 months to 18 months to get over a regular breakup. Either way, you might find yourself thinking about your ex a little more than you want to. A lot of times these are addictive thoughts. Here's the thing. There's science to this. There's an actual scientific reason that this happens. This leaves us feeling obsessed with figuring out the details and the implications of our toxic relationships. We find ourselves ruminating and stuck and spinning as a result of not getting the closure. Of course, it leaves a lot of us feeling the need to either find our own closure or spend years trying in vain to emotionally heal after these toxic relationships. We feel like we can't move forward and we're not understanding exactly why that is. Let's get there. I really think that the hardest, most painful part is emotional invalidation, which sounds innocent, right? But it's what happens when someone rejects or ignores or judges everything you say, everything you think, everything you feel. Something you should know about narcissists is that even if they're not diagnosed with NPD, they often have this ability to really ramp up romance and make it feel like something amazing. They kind of make you feel like you're the star of your own personal movie, don't they? But they have this habit of kind of cutting you off the knees for very little reason, if any reason at all. The thing is, narcissists are not capable of being good at relationships, not really. They don't give you much of a chance, very often they mess with your head. So what ends up happening is you don't get closure from a narcissist and when the relationship ends, it kind of feels like you're still in the middle of it, so you're left just where you are right now, kind of spinning going, what am I supposed to do now? So redirect your thoughts. Have you ever heard about the elephant in the corner and how you can't stop thinking about the elephant in the corner because it's right there in front of you, like that's right. The elephant in the corner analogy. When you attempt to force yourself not to think about the elephant in the corner, what are you thinking about? It's the elephant in the corner, right. Instead of focusing on the fact that you feel just obsessed and you can't stop thinking about him, try flowing with your thoughts. Don't try to stop them, just let them flow and then imagine yourself letting go of that person. Another thing I like to do is I like to go, I don't want to think about X, Y or Z, right? So let's say I start thinking about X, Y and Z and then I go, no, I now cancel that thought and I replace it with this affirmation of my true divine desire. So I decide to myself, I'm not going to allow myself to continue to think about that thing and instead I'm going to focus on what I do want, which is usually unrelated to that thing. Even in healthy relationships, when you first fall in love, you might find yourself kind of feeling very ecstatic, and excited and hyped up, right? It's a lot like taking a drug, isn't it? When you first start drinking alcohol, you get that elated feeling, you're like, where has this been all my life? Well, the same kind of thing happens in a relationship and at the beginning, whether it's healthy or not, you will find yourself feeling just like that. But then what happens is that as the thrill of the newness wears off, you start to think you need the other person just to breathe, just to survive. As the narcissist by nature does the push and pull thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's when the narcissist will desperately want you one second and then the next second push you away. And it seems like the moment that they have you, you know, if they say, oh my god, I can't live without you. I don't know what I'm gonna do and you give in and you go, okay, okay, let's stay together. Within minutes, sometimes they're back on the same old track. So they want you, they get you, they push you away. It's an ongoing cycle. Mostly things were difficult mostly things weren't great, but every now and then something awesome would happen or the narcissist would do something that would make you feel kind of good, kind of warm and fuzzy inside. In an effort to obtain that again, you would stay around in the relationship. In the beginning, it probably happened more often than not and as time went on, the positive reinforcement most likely became further spaced out, so less of it per negative But there's also another aspect here one that maybe you haven't considered yet and that is that the narcissist in some ways is both the drug and the addict. This part is important. The biggest reason we put up with it is because we are addicted to the narcissist and what they do to us on some level. In other words when It comes to being in a relationship with a narcissist, you become the addictive substance as well as the addict. Yeah, that's right. So you develop a trauma bond with the narcissist and they get their own sort of drug of choice from you, which is narcissistic supply. And this is why it's so common for narcissists and sensitive broken people to get involved. Most of us have experienced some kind of trauma that eventually makes us people pleasers, to put it mildly. And that's because a lot of times we learned that putting our own needs aside in favor of keeping the narcissist happy was the only way to stay safe. So let's talk about trauma bonding. What is that? Well to put it really briefly, trauma bonding is sort of like Stockholm Syndrome. Now in the context of a toxic relationship with a narcissist, it's a condition that causes us to develop a psychological dependence on the narcissist sort of as a survival strategy during all that stuff. And of course the profound and sort of all encompassing way that trauma bonding affects our brain and the way that we function in our life, well that makes recovering from a toxic relationship just, it feels almost impossible, but it's certainly significantly more difficult this way. So I know what you're thinking. You're like, well, how is trauma bonding possibly like a drug? I mean, technically it's not the trauma bonding you're addicted to, but the way it makes you feel. And that's the thing. See, the narcissists they keep you spinning. And these extreme highs and lows associated with narcissistic behavior, well, those can create possibly unintentional, but still existent patterns of intermittent reinforcement. And it is that type of manipulation that keeps you sort of scrambling for those little crumbs of affection. You know the one I'm talking about, right? You're always hoping that you're gonna get back to what you thought was normal or the love bombing phase. But see these crumbs, they offer tiny glimpses into that person that you originally met and so you can't really stop trying to do more to be better to be enough. Is it addictive? Of course. In fact the narcissistic abuse cycle, it could go on for months, years or even decades and yet you still stay. But why? Wait a minute, let's talk about narcissistic supply, see that is the emotional energy that narcissists sort of suck out of you, sort of pull out of other people. Maybe it includes positive or negative attention, it can include admiration, it can include in a pinch, the joy a narcissist finds in making you angry or making you sad or any sort of extreme emotional reaction they can get from you at all. They might also get narcissistic supply from other people, including children, spouses, other family members, co-workers, neighbors and other people in their communities, even strangers, but they will always have one one or more primary sources of narcissistic supply or a narcissistic harem of sorts. All of those would be made up of different sources of supply. But how is narcissistic supply similar to a drug? Well, narcissistic supply gives narcissists a big sense of validation, makes them feel like they're worth something and a lot of times it reinforces their very calculated false selves. They get a rush of sort of feel-good neurotransmitters when they get that narcissistic supply and then they feel like they might almost die. If they've been deprived of it. So you would think that that would make them people pleasers, right? But you have to remember something, narcissists will take either positive or negative supply. Now that's kind of make you wonder, well do narcissists like to hurt people? Do they want to hurt the people they claim to love? And if they do, why would they get a thrill out of making you scream at them or making you kind of go crazy a little bit, go nuts on them? Or why would they like to make you cry? That doesn't make sense to you, right? It seems nearly impossible, but that's how it is. And I get it, trust me, but here's the thing. It seems impossible for you only because you personally cannot imagine the idea of actually enjoying the act of hurting another person in any way, emotionally or otherwise, much less doing so on purpose and because as someone with integrity. I'm guessing it's unfathomable to you that the narcissist isn't capable of accepting responsibility for their own actions. We tend to think that we can help them do better. We think that if we just change everything we are and focus everything we have on the narcissist, well maybe then they will love us. And you know us and our pie in the sky ideas, right? Well see we have this crazy idea that the narcissist should just act like a normal person, <laughs> a normal human who learns and evolves, but unfortunately, since the narcissist typically does not have well developed emotional and compassionate empathy, while well, they're often pulled in. By the sort of thrill of drama and they feel like getting this emotional reaction from you whether that's positive or negative is proof of their ability to control or sort of own you in a way. That along with the chemical reactions their brains have when they get that little zing of successfully pushing you over the edge, well that's what makes you so addictive to the narcissist my friend. Now let's talk about trauma bonding and narcissistic supply. It's sort of like toxic relationship glue. Okay, here's the thing. As I'm pretty sure you've probably imagined by now, there's a whole big snowball effect thing going on here, at least in most narcissistic abuse situations. The trauma bonding, it leads you to sort of stick around and raise your so called threshold for abuse. That's the point at which you think you can't handle it any longer and that's just about the time that you'll find yourself being hoovered right back in by the narcissist who obviously wants to drain you of your energy again. Of course, that leads you to instinctively want to stay safe and as you desperately seek validation, you keep trying to please and get validation from anyone and everyone around you. Well, if you're anything like me, this leads us to develop a habit of avoiding conflict and doing anything we can to keep the people around us happy familiar. When we end up in a relationship with a high conflict personality like a narcissist, we end up going to almost any length to please them. And this is true even when it hurts us to do so. But because of the ingrained need that we have, maybe thanks to childhood or some other trauma to please people around us, including the people we love and often, and especially the narcissist, well, we give and we give and we give even to our own detriment. And by nature, the narcissist is quite happy to take advantage of all of this. They want to get their needs met and they don't care who it hurts in the process. And now thanks to that lack of compassionate and emotional empathy the narcissist has going on, and of course the fact that the narcissist doesn't quite see you as a real person, but as more of an extension of themselves, who isn't quite as important or worthy as they. Well, there's no level to which they will not stoop and you have to remember that. So in other words, our trauma bonding leads us to seek approval and validation from the people closest to us and the narcissist will absolutely on every level exploit that to get their narcissistic supply needs met. Can you see where I'm going with this? Let's talk about addiction and narcissistic abuse. What are the connections here? Clearly the addiction factor is real. But how does narcissistic abuse resemble addiction? It doesn't make sense does it? Let's look at it this way. When a drug addict is seeking their drug of choice, literally no one is safe and what I mean by that is they will steal from their own mama to get what they need. Have you seen this before? Well like a drug addict, when the narcissist needs their little unconditional validation fix or that little hit of narcissistic supply in which they are absolutely absolved of their responsibility for the situation in their own life, they always like that. Well, no one and nothing can be as important as the fact that they really need that fix right now. So they will take anything and everything from you without reservation, without remorse to get what they need. And this will, of course, begin with your self-worth, your sense of security, your sense of well-being, you name it, they want to take it from you. And this is partially to control you, of course. And often the narcissist needs to see you as that extension of self in order to feel good about themselves at all. Now I know, I know what you're thinking right about now, right? Something along the lines of, wait, what? are we really addicted to those jerks? That's ridiculous. And could they really be addicted to us? I mean, they don't even seem to like us most of the time. So what are you talking about crazy lady? Well, some version of that. Okay, I get it. But listen, sometimes the narcissist might actually seem to like you, right? Sometimes they throw out those little intermittent reinforcement crumbs, remember? Then moments later, seconds later they might have serious disdain and contempt for you. But the truth is that We are addicted in part because we believe we can help them change and grow and we keep trying for the most part because you and me, we're sort of those people, we're the people who do the right thing, or we try to, but what we all have to recognize is that a narcissist, they aren't capable of evolution. They don't change or at least they won't change. They can't accept responsibility for even who they are because seeing themselves in a distorted mirror, they can't see it. Narcissists see themselves as sort of untouchable, better than everyone else, in fact they generally see most other people not as individuals in their own right, but as I said, as simple extensions of themselves. So in order to maintain the facade of their false self, the narcissist needs to keep people around them who will enhance that overblown version of themselves. But when the narcissist's extensions turn out to be whole real people with real thoughts and feelings, well, they don't like it, they can't, or at least they won't accept or tolerate it because it threatens to knock them off that sort of self-constructed pedestal. That of course leads to the narcissist. Narcissist poking and pulling and whatever they can to get your attention or anyone else in their pattern as they seek additional attention drama. And eventually they'll be looking for a new narcissistic supply. The bottom line is that both a narcissist and a drug addict always put their own needs first without fail when they're seeking their drug of choice and without realizing it, many victims of narcissistic abuse become addicted to it as well, which makes the narcissist and their source of narcissistic supply, both the victim and the drug. All right, so how do you deal with your addiction to the narcissist? Well, ideally, obviously you would move on, move away from them, go no contact with anyone who's actively abusing you, which means getting focused on planning your escape and working to execute the steps involved, the steps that you need to take to get out, right? And then of course, you're going to want to block them on all forms of social media, on your phone and anywhere else you can, and then you don't have to deal with them anymore. And then you can get to the business of healing yourself. But what do you do if you can't leave and you can't go no contact? Well, if you have kids or any type of ongoing legal business or anything else that you must deal with the narcissist for, you might not be able to go completely no contact just yet. So rather than willingly handing over your emotional energy and health to this soul sucking narcissist, well, this is when you go gray rock, as in keeping your emotional energy to yourself and sort of being boring to the narcissist. Gray rock is going to help the narcissist learn that they won't get attention from you if they remain abusive, if they are disrespectful or whatever. So they're either going to ignore you or try to be nicer, you or more likely they're gonna move on and try to find a new source of narcissistic supply and sometimes it works especially if you can stand to block them and to be very firm in your boundaries. But often inevitably the narcissist will do anything they can to pull you back into the relationship. They can't stand to see you at peace my friend and if you don't have a spine of steel you might end up falling for their manipulative tricks again. This brings me to the question of the day and the question of the day is can you see how the narcissist and their source of supply can serve as both the drug and the addict in this situation. Share your thoughts, share your ideas, share your experiences in the comments section below and let's talk about it. As always, thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life and hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours, it really does mean a lot to me. Now before I go, make sure you take a look at the videos I'm going to leave for you right there and right there. And while you're here, hit that subscribe button right over there so we can stay connected and continue on this healing journey together. I'll see you soon.